Hey everybody, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to examine the safety record of Amazon. It's the busy holiday season and we all place orders on Amazon and Amazon promises next day delivery. After all, after you've seen the product that you want, you get excited about it coming as soon as possible, right? And Amazon promises now that for Prime members like you and I, we're going to get our product, our desired item, next day. So I imagine they have fulfillment centers in every city. That's the only way it can be delivered. So, but in that hasty delivery, what is the cost to the workers who are there? So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that. In the meantime, I'm wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving. I feel sad because I won't see you tomorrow, <laughs> right? Tomorrow is going to be Thanksgiving. Like everybody else, I'll be cooking and enjoying time with family, right? And sitting down, watching something. And it's going to be football. So tomorrow, we're all going to take time to enjoy football and to enjoy Thanksgiving, right? right? That's what we're going to do. Isn't that right, everybody? We're going to take time off. We're going to enjoy football and we're going to take time off. I guess everybody is sleeping in late because most of us are off work today. Most people are off work today, right? So most people are already cooking. Uh, my daughter asked me if I'm going to make the ham tonight. Typically, I make the ham the night before Thanksgiving. And you know the glaze for the ham? I have a special glaze that I make. I don't buy my glaze and I don't buy my ham pre-done. I make my own ham. You know, I I treat my own ham. I like it a certain flavor. So my daughter asked me if I'm gonna make the flavor. And she was like, oh. So I'm gonna make scalloped potatoes and ham tonight. And tomorrow I'll do the rest. <laughs> what do you have for dessert for Thanksgiving? I have key lime pie. I used to do apple pie and then one year I introduced key lime pie and lemon meringue pie. And Thanksgiving hasn't been the same since. I mean, if we don't have key lime pie for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, it's not the holiday season around my house. So this year we're going to have, as usual, key lime pie. And for us, the thing with Thanksgiving are the sides. That's what we go crazy over. Here in the Midwest, they do the stuffing in a different way. In most other places in the country, they stuff the, the stuffing into the, into the bird. Here in the Midwest, they make the stuffing as a side. So the stuffing is added to other stuff and they put it in the oven and bake it and call it dressing. I kid you not. So when we first moved to Michigan and discovered this, I was like aghast, like, ew, what was that? How do you do that? Then I tasted it and I'm like, this thing is good. <laughs> so I've learned to make my stuffing as a side dish. So for us in my home, uh, hey, <laughs> love you too. The, the stuffing, the sides are everything at Thanksgiving. So my usual sides, you know, macaroni and cheese. I allow myself to eat macaroni and cheese Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's Day. The rest of the year, it, it's just too rich. I can't afford to eat it, <laughs> right? So where the sides are on my house, what are your favorite sides I like? Mac and cheese? gallop potatoes, it's life. The stuffing, potato salad, it's life. By the time Thanksgiving is done, we're all off. And then the next day, 
don't you just live for Thanksgiving leftovers? Is there anybody else who just lives for Thanksgiving leftovers? <laughs> like the next day, the day after Thanksgiving, it is live with Netflix streaming, y'all. It's like hog heaven, right? <laughs> so we're looking forward to the dinner. I pray everyone has a safe and a happy Thanksgiving season. We're going to lay down the gauntlet tomorrow. We're not going to talk politics, no religion. We're just going to ask each other, ask family members across the table. Don't ask people what they're thankful for. Don't go there. That one is going to stir up some stuff. Don't ask. Just tell them. Just ask everybody. Just say, hello. Just say, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you. Just say, don't ask any questions because the questions are always leading questions, right? So at the dinner table, just say, hey, how you doing? And for those of you who are, who are Americans who are overseas, those in the armed forces and those posted overseas, I know you try to make your Thanksgiving and you become so nostalgic at this time of the year. You can taste the sounds. You can see the stores. I know you miss home, don't you? You miss being home. You miss being home in America. I know how that can feel. And you're just like, man, I just want to go home. I just want to be home. You're thankful you're so <laughs> Well, that's something to be thankful for. <laughs> Kudos to you, right? So tomorrow, don't ask anybody at the dinner table what they're thankful for. It's going to stir up some stuff. Don't go there. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. And I'm just going to watch some football and eat some leftovers. And then maybe come Saturday, I'll, I'll go back to my workout. Maybe, no, because you know, we typically gain a pound or two after Thanksgiving <laughs> because you eat everything. So what I've learned to do is I eat from a smaller plate, right? And I measure how much I put on it. And sometimes the real trick is just to look at the plate and you look at the dish and you're like, gosh, it looks so good. And if you just allow your eyes to salivate over it, it kind of satisfies your stomach and you don't have to eat it all, right? Because you know, some of the stuff they put out, you're like, if I eat that stuff, that's gonna give me like, you're on the road for Thanksgiving. Wow, I don't know where you're gonna have Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> right? Boston Market or something, someplace has it, right? <laughs> I know, my, my kids, we have a tradition that after Thanksgiving, we sit down and watch a movie and typically they choose a scary movie. <laughs> so over the years when family used together and we used to watch a scary movie and they used to go bonkers over that. Like we would just all be sitting there like, ah! <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I pray peace and love and joy be yours during this season and of course be safe right nobody goes outside to go fry a turkey now that's not safe say it's not safe it's not safe don't go frying a turkey or something like that right right so today on our show uh we're gonna talk about amazon's safety record because i don't know about you but in the last several years like everybody else i fell in love i too fell in love with amazon you like when I put my glasses on? I look like a librarian, don't I? <laughs> so uh, I too fell in love with Amazon and their promise to deliver products quickly. I mean, they also 
have really good prices. I'm zipping up my hoodie because I'm going to talk and get excited a little bit. And there we go. Right? And they, 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 they're true to their promise. Leave my glasses on. <laughs> Leave my glasses on. No, but you'll see the reflection in it. That's why you'll see the reflection of the light. <laughs> That's why I take my glasses off because uh, you'll see the, the glare and the reflection. So, uh, although, and I really only needed for see, reading close up, like I can read a mile away, but close up fails me, <laughs> totally fails me. So like everybody else, I like buying stuff on Amazon. The convenience of online shopping took me over some 10 years ago. I kid you not. I remember discovering Amazon by accident. I was on Facebook and discovered that you could go online to Amazon and buy stuff. And I remember telling my daughter about it and saying, we should have an account with them and just have stuff delivered. And I kid you not, after that, it was over for me. I remember explaining to my mom that you can get these things to buy online. And she was like, what? I'm not doing that. Because traditionally, most of us like to go into the store and look at stuff. There's still some things that I like to buy in store, right? Uh, I can buy clothes online, but you know how that works. It might be iffy. You have to get to know their styles unless it's someone you're familiar with. So you know that the sizing is going to work. But there are some things that you can literally buy online. There's some, uh, some uh, online, re some retailers that it's a guarantee. Target and Walmart are, are top of that, right? It's almost a given that if you order something from Target, it is what it is when it comes, right? You probably never have to return it. And nowadays, most retailers make it easy for you to return stuff. I mean, if you buy it online, you can return it in store, right? Uh, you can also buy it online and they will tell you, you can go pick it up in store if you want it the same day. That also works. I mean, you just sit down from the comfort of your home and you say, well, I need a new 50 inch TV. Let me see who has the best prices. You go online and you look it up and you're like, oh, buy it. I can pick it up the same day. Right? Whereas you don't have to get in your car, drive around from one place to the other. So the, the appeal of uh, online shopping is irresistible to anyone, anybody, anywhere at any time. My youngest daughter, who is Generation Z, you would have thought that her generation would be all about online shopping. They are, but they also say they like to go in store. My youngest daughter keeps saying that Amazon has killed every mom and pop business in the world, but online retailing has worked for folks like me. When I first sold my books, bookstores traditionally don't carry authors they don't know. But I had this whole world out there that would buy my books online. So Amazon, I was promoting it because I was like, you can get my books on Amazon. People were like, what's that? I'm like, online and look me up through Amazon's portal and you'll find my books. As a matter of fact, would you do that today? Go and buy my books. They're available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. So one of the things that we have found now is that there is a rush to corner. Amazon totally has cornered the online retail market. It's safe to say mom and pop stores all over the country have disappeared, right? They're, they're no longer uh, main streets in America. They have given way to online retailing that 
they can't compete with. They can't compete with the prices. They can't compete with the selection and the variety, right? So online retailing has become the wave of the future. It has become the future. It is the currency of now. So when you look at, well, what does it take to deliver products same day? I mean, was it just a few months ago? Like I think back in August or September, I went online to Amazon. I saw something I liked and I wanted to buy it. So my shock and delay, it would have been delivered the same day. I kept saying to myself, this is impossible. How? Do you know who actually was? It was like about nine o'clock in the morning before I went on air and it was delivered the same day, y'all, the same day. So I began to think, well, what is it costing? I had seen some reports online that it was costing that workers had to pee in a bottle, delivery workers had to pee in a bottle because they're given these exhaustive quotas that they have to fulfill. And if they don't fulfill the quotas, then they can't work. Let's face it, people need jobs, right? The way the economy is structured, the way the society is structured, you don't have a job, you're not gonna live. How are you gonna pay your rent? How are you gonna pay your car note? How are you gonna pay insurance? How are you gonna buy food? How are you gonna live? right? So you have to have a job. So today we don't have careers. We have gigs, right? So Amazon job is not a job. It's a gig because there's no guarantee that you're going to be there tomorrow. In fact, you're given a quota to fulfill. And if you don't fulfill the quota, then you don't make it. So after the show, I'm going to post the link on my Twitter feed so you can go read the, the story for yourself. So a net, a networking uh, online uh, uh, newspaper did a report called Reveal. And what they have found is, are some shocking things. And this is coming from the Center for Organ for Creative for Reporting, right? And what they do, uh, you all have heard of OSHA, the Office of Safety Administration, Health Administration. OSHA used to be the go-to for all industrial complexes. Good morning, right? So if you were involved in industry, OSHA was the standard. In every, st every state had their own OSHA, and then there's of course federal OSHA. Well, under the previous administration, under Obama, uh, they were proposing that all indus industries uh, publish their injury reports online. Under the current administration, they decided not to. The current administration removed that. So now you can't go to OSHA, look up an organization and see what their injury reports are. But federal law says if you worked for a company or you are currently working for a company, you are entitled to seeing what their injury reports are. They couldn't change federal law, but they could change policy. Do you see what I'm saying? It is what it is. It is each administration favoring their favorite guys, their friends, or favoring people whom they like. So they're gonna do things for their friends, right? Don't look at me like that. If you go into power, aren't you gonna look out for your friends who helped you get into power? You're gonna do what it takes so your friends keep you in power, right? Right, so that's what Donald Trump does, right? He does what his friends like. It is what it is, right? So one administration said, post it online so the public can see it. Another administration said, nah, it's just a matter of policy. You don't have to put that up there. Nobody needs to know how bad you are. Which in itself is a danger because then 
you don't know what happens in industries where workers are exposed, for instance, in cold, probably, right? So in this particular case, Amazon operates 110 fulfillment centers across the country. That's interesting, but they're a model for automation and speed. I mean, they use robots to unpack all that stuff that gets shipped. They use robots to deliver to people who are called pickers. The pickers stand in one place and their job is to take the box from the robot, right? So when you get hired for the job, they tell you how much you're going to lift. They tell you that you're going to squat to lift, right? And you're going to reach to put stuff up. Don't stand on a ladder. Don't try to jump up to get stuff or pull stuff down. The problem is they give you a quota to fulfill. The robots, they say, are contributing to the speed. The robots deliver the boxes faster than a human being can grab the box to pack the box. Naturally, injuries have increased. Amazon issued a statement saying they kind of know that injuries are there, but in the, they, they create a safe work environment. Well, what the heck is a safe work environment if your injury rate is 9.6 times higher than the national average. The national average is four times. I remember reading stories here in Detroit about the auto industry and their safety records, right? And how high their safety records were and how they were held accountable for maintaining safe workplaces. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. If it's good for the auto industry, then it should be good for Amazon to maintain a safe workplace. If I'm gonna continue buying Amazon products and you're going to continue to make Jeff Bezos the richest human being on earth, I think the least he can do is the people who are getting paid $15 an hour is try to make it as safe as possible for them. Might as well don't hire human beings at all. Why not just use robots? Since the robots don't have to be sick, since robots don't have back injuries, since robots don't have to squat, because after all, they're machines, since robots use these robotic arms to lift stuff, why use human beings? Just use robots all the way. Because human beings can't move and fast like that. In fact, in the auto industry, for instance, it's regulated by union standards. The agreement between the unions and the auto companies. The auto companies would probably do the same thing like Amazon, except they have long-standing union agreements. And the union agreements are such, they can't break the union apart. Now you understand why they need unions. Now you understand why big business does not like unions because unions protect workers' rights. Do you see the picture now? So when the rest of you are saying, well, it looks like we don't need the United Auto Workers now, it's because you don't work in an industry where your rights need to be protected. And many of you do, because if you work in an office, most of you are working in states that have what? At-will employment, isn't it? Right? That means they can fire you without cause. That means they hire you for 90 days and they fire you within 90 days because they can't keep you for six months because then they'd have to pay you benefits. There's no such thing as employers feeling morally obligated to keep people or hire people. All they're looking at is the bottom line. Maybe you need unions where you work. Maybe you need to form a union that is gonna protect workers' rights. Here in Detroit, the auto industry has an has workers, has unions, right? There's even, I think, an electrical workers union, a plumbers union, 
right? And it protects the rights of those workers. It makes sure that their injury rates are monitored. And even if they get injured on the job, what happens is they're going to be protected. In one story I read, one woman in Eastvale, California, who worked in an Amazon fulfillment plant, she has been injured on the job after just three months. She didn't stay there long enough, but the workers' compensation is about to run out. She'll have to lose, she might lose her home if she doesn't get it. She's so injured that her, her doctors, Amazon's doctor said she cannot work anymore at lifting boxes and so on because the rate at which she was turning ruined her spine, ruined the operation of her back. She's just one of hundreds of stories. And because under the current administration, Amazon is not required to publish this online, you, you and I will never know. But if someone worked for Amazon, they can request it. So when employees, there's nowhere that they can complain to because they don't have unions. So if they're injured on the jobs, they're given quotas to fulfill. Here's how it works. It comes through a hierarchy. So it comes through the regional managers, the upper management. Then they distribute it down to the supervisor on the floor. The supervisor on the floor becomes the enforcer of the policy that is, uh, that is detailed and dictated by upper management. You see what I'm saying? I, I know you all can relate to this and you're like, well, Harriet, what does that have to do with me? Well, I'm saying all of this because when we buy products from companies, you want to know what do real people go through? Because now I'm looking at it, maybe I don't want it next day. If it is going to cost someone their back, if it is going to cost someone to be so injured that they can't work anymore, how are they going to live? Because I am affiliated with an organization that provides shelter to victims of human trafficking, my own organization, and because I'm part of a Detroit coalition of homelessness, I, I can tell you firsthand what happens when people lose their jobs. When people lose their jobs, they and their families are homeless. We have an epidemic of homelessness, not just in the city of Detroit, but around the country. Around the country. Why? Because people can't work. People, When people become injured on the job and workers' compensation runs out and they can't work, then they can't live. So I'm saying, why does the pace have to be so fast? Maybe Amazon needs to re-examine the way they do their they do carry execute their tasks. Maybe the pickers and the stores don't have to be humans. Maybe they can be robots and just leave the job of, of quality control to actual human beings. Or how about just reducing the quota? I mean, there's no way that they can actually tell how this happens. I mean, I read in one case where somebody who worked for Amazon and then left to go work for a, a competitor said Amazon uses a very sophisticated system to track workers' movements. They're constantly under surveillance, right? And he said the place where he now works, they use Excel spreadsheets. He's marveling. <laughs> He's totally marveling because that gives him better control of how he allocates workers and distributes workers to tasks. So to make Mr. Bezos the richest human being on earth, he doesn't care about people like me. He has too many billions. 
right? He doesn't care. He, all, all he cares about is, am I going to buy another Amazon product? He jacked the system in such a way that I am going to buy another Amazon product because chances are all my retail stores, most of them have gone out of business. Malls are closing. When, when you go to the mall now, do you see a Sears? Remember? How many of us used to go to the mall and walk through Sears? It was like you got to the mall, y'all, right? And it used to be you'd park around Sears and I'd walk through Sears. Sears is closed in most malls today. Most of the retailers that I enjoyed shopping at, they don't exist anymore. Not even online. They went out of business. Forever 21. One of my last favorite places to just go into. Forever 21 is in bankruptcy. It's only a matter of time before they close. Replaced by Amazon fulfillment. More and more workers. Again, the rate is 9.6. Amazon employees are, are injured at double the national average. The national average is four per 100,000. Amazon, it's 9.6. Pretty steep, right? They operate 110 fulfillment centers. It is not unusual in 110 fulfillment centers to find people injured at double what other fulfillment centers do. Everybody operates a fulfillment center. You know that, right? Macy's, Nordstrom Racks, Nordstrom, Saks, Fifth Avenue, right? They all operate out of fulfillment centers, right? So everybody operates a Walmart operates a fulfillment center. Target does. Right? So when to tomorrow, after Thanksgiving, when you all contemplate that you're gonna go shopping on Black Friday, it is Black Friday, because people are gonna injure and shoot themselves to try to get a deal from Walmart. I need to go on walmart.com and see what they have, just for the fun of it. Just to see how people are gonna kill themselves to get it, right? So when you think about these things, you have to think about what good does that do for the society? When I tell you more and more every day, when I look at these things, I'm seeing where we are reverting back to the to the conditions that existed during the Industrial Revolution, where workers were treated as if they're disposable items for an industrialist, and there are no workers' rights, and the rich get richer, and it becomes just like the Hunger Games. Tomorrow, on Thanksgiving, watch the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games, not the other two that looks glorified, Watch the first Hunger Games. You're getting an idea of what we're going to look like as a society within 50 years or less. So I'm saying to all of you, if you don't have money, you better go get your cash. But go get your money, people. Go get your money and hold on to that bad boy. Go get your money because they're coming for it, right? They're going to strip away and slowly strip away at people's rights, at workers' rights. They're gonna strip away at your human rights. They're gonna strip and strip away and one day you wake up and you realize you don't even have a right to stand outside your own house. What? Then you found out it's not really your house. It's not just that the mortgage company owns it, but the government owns your house. The people own your house. Other people own your house. I kid you not. It's slowly, it's getting there. And there is no, who are you gonna be outraged to? The media is owned by rich people. So they control anyway what you're gonna say 
or what you're going to do. So who are you going to complain to? And they have their people. They have their soldiers, their foot soldiers, whose job it is to go out and reiterate the policy. Anybody know a foot soldier? You need to talk to the foot soldiers. You ever notice the foot soldiers rely on having access every now and then the, 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 you know, the power structure will give them a little thing and they get so hyped on just having access to them. They don't even realize that when the time comes, they won't have anything that they're just part of the cog in the wheel. We have to, we have to watch out for one another, right? So this holiday season, when you're shopping, like most of us, because most of what we need is going to be on Amazon at a better price. Think of the cost, the real-time cost of delivering that product and the real-time cost of delivering it for someone else. It is more expensive than you think. And I dare say that we're returning to the time when workers, just like we used to read about, in, during the Industrial Revolution, we're seeing it in real time. People who live on the bridges, they're almost invisible. I read a story recently on CNN.com that talked about how the, the, the homeless folks in San Francisco said that one of them said that the people who used to help them when they were homeless now find themselves homeless too. Imagine that. Because as the society grinds and as it continues,